Now, if you listen to the breakdown, I'm assuming that what I'm about to tell you was already a rule in life for you. But whatever you do, do not listen to Donald Trump. Yesterday he said, and I I have a running list of some of the dumbest things he's ever said. Yesterday he said something that may be the dumbest thing he's ever said and is clearly one of the most dangerous things he ever said. He literally, speaking in front of a doctor at a press conference, said he was so amazed at how disinfectants like Lysol could kill 99% of the coronavirus, that he was just wondering if there was a way to inject it so that it could kill the virus inside of people's bodies. And the doctor just put her head down, told him no. The FDA and other agencies have now had to issue statements saying, to be clear, that's not safe, don't do it. But it literally was said by the President of the United States. I want to unpack and explain it. Today is also a dubious anniversary for the KKK. And I want to tell you why that matters, all right? Let's unpack and explain some things. This is Sean King, and you are listening to The the, the Breakdown. The the, the Breakdown. The, 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 The Breakdown. few minutes ago on Instagram, I posted um, a screenshot of the NBC News story of Donald Trump saying he wondered if people injected themselves with disinfectant, if it could kill the virus. And some people, reasonable people, just said, did he, did he say that? Like, is this fake news? <laughs> and I understand, and these weren't even supporters of Donald Trump. These were real everyday people who just said, hold on, hold on. I don't trust the man, but this seems so outrageous, so ridiculous, so beyond the pale. Did he really say that? So let me play the clip for you where he indeed wonders aloud in one of many moments of stupidity across this pandemic, wonders aloud whether or not infecting, uh, uh, injecting rather disinfectant could kill the coronavirus. Let me play the clip for you. Right, and then I see the disinfectant where it knocks it out in a minute, one minute. And is there a way we can do something like that uh, by injection inside or or almost a cleaning? Because you see it gets on the lungs and it does a tremendous number of the lungs. So it'd be interesting to check that so that you're going to have to use medical doctors with, but it sounds, it sounds interesting to me. So we'll see, but the whole concept of the light, the way it kills it in one minute, that's, uh, that's pretty powerful. So yes, there it is, Donald Trump at a press conference. He very smartly holds these press conferences every single day because he knows they'll be covered and he is operating under a philosophy that he's used his entire life is that all press is good press. And listen, that literally got him into the presidency, where he feels strongly that if he can dominate every news cycle, if he can dominate social media, that he can do that all the way into the presidency. And indeed, that's what he did in 2015 and 2016 when he actually won. He did that and a lot more. 
But for his entire life, going back even to the early 70s, he has always been a master manipulator of the media and wouldn't mind if it was good press, bad press, horrible press. It could be about anything, about his personal life, about his marriage, about his his marriages, about his relationships. It could be about him being a bigot, uh, a xenophobe, anything. He understands that being in the news, and not just on nightly news, but dominating it from morning to night, dominating social media. Indeed, here we are talking about him right now, and I, I have a principle to not really speak about him on The Breakdown because he is covered and analyzed everywhere and doesn't deserve our attention here when there are so many other issues that just don't get the coverage But this is one of those moments where he says something, one that's dangerous. Now, you you have to remember that just a few weeks ago, he was touting a particular malaria drug as a miracle cure for the coronavirus. And finally, scientific studies are coming back on that drug and are saying not only is it not helping the coronavirus, but that in the trials the patients who were treated with it have a higher rate of death than those who weren't treated with it. And not only was he touting it for weeks on end, but so was Fox News, so were conservatives across the country. They have all now gone silent on it, including Donald Trump, no longer pubbing it, no longer talking about it. And he literally, yesterday, he said two things, actually. He then started saying how the coronavirus dies under heat. What, again, he does not say when he says that. He then starts talking about how people should go out in the sun and how the virus dies under heat. There is a study that shows that when the coronavirus is not in a human body, but is out of the body, and is then put under extreme heat, like 200 degrees and above, which is a temperature that we could not live in. It Once outside it gets above 115 degrees, human beings can only be outside, but for so long you literally could not walk in 200-degree temperatures. It dies outside of the body in extreme heat. But the man literally said, I, I, I think maybe people should in, inject disinfectant and go out in the sun. <laughs> It's uh, you only laugh to keep from crying because it's so ridiculous. It's so preposterous and outrageous and dangerous that it it to me reveals something. It reveals like we always know we've always known that Donald Trump was problematic. And I don't think anybody obviously he thinks he's a genius and anybody who calls themselves calls himself a genius is not a genius, but it reveals a base level of ignorance and stupidity. He is surrounded by doctors and experts and could have any expert in the world at his side at a moment's notice, particularly during this pandemic. And because he wants to dominate the news cycle, he just gets on the mic and says the first thing that comes to his mind and begins saying things that are dangerous. 
Mind you, last month, a family began taking that anti-malaria drug, and one member of a family died, another was hospitalized, and in a normal world, and they both said that they did it because they heard Donald Trump touting its effectiveness, its efficacy. In a normal world, that moment would have ended his presidency, would have ended anyone's presidency. Oh, you just touted a drug that got a man killed. Like there is a literal argument for arresting Donald Trump for this. In fact, some doctors have lost their medical license over celebrating what Donald Trump was saying about it. Like it's a scandal for everybody but him. And that's because there's a new scandal, a new problem, a new issue, new beef every single day. But that he got up yesterday in front of the media, in front of doctors, just randomly saying things that are not only untrue, but are dangerous and are, again, going to get people killed, shows the risk of his presidency. Listen, if you've followed me over the past year, you know that I'm not a fan of Joe Biden or Joe Biden's policies. You understand that. There is a marked difference between the ignorance and danger of Donald Trump and who Joe Biden is. Even if what you need to think through with that issue is this old notion that I'm tired of, that you are tired of, of choosing between the lesser of two evils, any man who says you may need to inject yourself with Lysol is saying something so preposterous and dangerous that he should not be trusted with nuclear codes. He shouldn't be trusted with $5. Let's be real. The man is dangerous. I wanted to deviate from the norm today to just talk for a moment about how preposterous he is. Uh, I don't even like to say his name here on The Breakdown, but I had to break the rule and talk about it today. Listen, we have a quick word from one of our favorite sponsors, and then I want to talk to you about an anniversary of sorts that today is for the KKK. I'll be right back. I just read an article yesterday that was saying how bad people are resting during this pandemic and that rest and the hours of sleep and the quality of sleep is down. That's why I am grateful, literally thankful to have a mattress from Helix. My wife and I both love our Helix mattress and think that it has helped us get good sleep even during the pandemic. And listen, I want you to give it a shot. Helix Sleep built a sleep quiz that takes just two minutes to complete, and they use the answers from that sleep quiz to match your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Listen, if you like a mattress that's soft or firm, you sleep on your side or on your back or on your stomach, or you sleep kind of hot, with Helix, there's a specific mattress for each and everybody's unique taste. And if you just go to Helix Sleep com slash breakdown. You can take their two-minute sleep quiz and they'll match you to a customized mattress that'll give you the best sleep of your life. They have a 10-year warranty and you get to try the mattress out for 100 nights risk-free 
and they'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you're going to love it. Helix is offering up to $200 off of all mattress orders just for our listeners. You have to go to helixsleep.com slash breakdown. That's helix, H-E-L-I-X, sleep.com slash breakdown for up to $200 off. We don't talk so much about the KKK anymore, and that's a good thing. In some ways, the KKK is no longer the preeminent racist organization in this country. It's not what it was during its height or peak. Other organizations and other really more mainstream ways to be an open bigot have replaced the KKK. But on this day, April 24th of 1867, in Nashville, Tennessee, the KKK had their first public meeting. All the way back in the shadows of the Civil War, just years after the abolition of plantation slavery as we knew it. Obviously, we could talk about the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments, but what we saw is in the wake of this period that we call Reconstruction, we see racist organizations like the KKK popped up. And when they had their first meeting on April 24th, on this day in 1867, they grew like wildfire from then on out and actually were a dominant terrorist, terroristic force for arguably 100 years after that, from 1867 all the way through the civil rights movement of the 1960s. The KKK was active and dangerous and threatening. They were responsible not just for thousands and thousands of lynchings across the country, but they were responsible for intimidating people out of towns altogether, out of regions altogether, certainly out of leadership and politics. But what we saw was when they were allowed to do what they did, and they were indeed given protection. You, you, you weren't seeing members of the KKK being prosecuted or held responsible for anything. And because they were allowed to do what they did, It changed not only the standard of living for African-Americans in this country, but it impacted policy, it impacted laws, it impacted amendments. And I think, not that we are in now the age of the KKK, because we aren't, but when you see public bigotry, and I don't just mean somebody calling somebody else the N-word, I'm talking about men and women that we know are bigots and racist and white supremacist, rising as high as the Oval Office. Uh, When we see open bigots in power across the country, it impacts policy, law. What you see is that we are in an age, and I talk about this in my book, Make Change, where whenever you see a certain level of progress, And whatever we want to think about the Civil War and the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments, that was progress. And when you have revolutionary progress, there is always a pendulum swing back 
from the people who felt impacted in a negative way by that progress. And as particularly Southern white people felt impacted, negatively impacted by the Civil War, by the end of plantation slavery, by the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments, they responded. And in my book, I talk about how we have other moments where they will always respond. We had the revolutionary moments of the civil rights movement, the black power movement, and what happened in response to that was mass incarceration. What happened in response to the Civil Rights Act and the Voting Rights Act of the 1960s was mass incarceration. Then you go forward to this moment that's revolutionary, if not for its politics, it's revolutionary for what it meant for the humanity of this country. We see the first black president elected and people responded and the pendulum swung all the way to Donald Trump. And here we are, a man who's literally touting anti-malaria drugs, suggesting that injecting yourself with disinfectant may kill a virus. One, it, it would not, if you just injected yourself with a disinfectant, it would not kill the virus. It would kill you. It would harm you. It would literally burn your insides up and the coronavirus would still be there. It was a pendulum swing from a revolutionary moment. And, and we're in that. We are in the pendulum swing. And in, in my book, I call it the dip. We are in that dip. And any of you who've heard me speak publicly over the past six years, I've been teaching about the dip um, all during this time. But um, it was a painful, powerful reminder for me to know that on this day, April 24th, 1867, the Klan held their first public meeting, and that here we are, 2020, and white supremacy and white supremacist systems are still a problem for this country and for the world. That's why we do what we do, to fight back against bigotry and white supremacy and oppression uh, in every way that we can. Listen, I've got to run. Uh, we have some really, really special things that I'm going to be talking about every day next week. Many of you who are listening to this podcast now already know what I'm talking about, but it's a little secret for now, right? Got to run. We got a ton of work to do. Love you. Appreciate you. Hope you're safe. Take care, everybody. Break it down. The break, 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 the break